Welcome to the hundredth episode of my podcast. Um, if you've been watching from the beginning, thank you. If you've just started watching me, thank you. Be sure to hit the subscribe button on YouTube and hit the little bell thing. Apparently that makes a difference. Um, comment, like, um, leave a review on iTunes, whatever. Tell your friends, tell your family. This is a big deal. I set up all these balloons last night at like 11 p.m. They were all hanging on the wall. I looked like a professional Party City employee. It looks so good. And when I got here this morning, they all fell. In truly resting bitch fashion, nothing has gone to plan. But... This is a special episode. I'm going to be watching the first ever episode of the podcast. And um, I haven't watched this episode since it came out. So that's what we're doing today. We're watching the first episode. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to read the comments. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. So let's get into it. Here's the first episode. It came out July 3rd, 2019. We had no idea the pandemic would happen just a mere uh, barely year after this. Um, I love this photo. This is what I sent to Anthony when I was trying to figure out what I wanted the graphic to be. You see, we got my foot in this photo, so I was already appealing to the foot crowd. So zoom in, screenshot it if you want. This is my left foot. So this is the bunion surgery foot for those of you who are keeping up with my feet. Um, I still have those sweats. I don't know where that shirt has gone. Man, that's a bummer. You know when you realize you didn't know something was missing until you see a photo of it? That was a good shirt. Well, this is at my old house. I just used it. I took a photo of myself with self-timer on my iPhone. I jumped on the couch and then... I just used the like edit thing in the phone. I have no idea how to do anything. So this was the rough cut. And this is how Alec McDonald, at Alec with pen on Instagram, I sent him this photo to make the couch illustration with me on it. So this is the birth of, uh, this is the birth of the pod. Let's see. I'm nervous. Should I keep the volume up on here? Okay. Also, people ask me uh, questions. The intro song is from The War Toys. I forget which song it is, but the intro and the outro song are two different songs from The War Toys. Just listen to their entire album. Um, the one that has RX on it, that album, that's my favorite. Oh, look at all these dates. Wow, remember doing comedy? Also, Ari's apartment show, now I use his studio. The Mirage, I'm actually gonna be back at the Mirage in July. That's crazy. Wow, look at all the, okay. Okay, so the photo was taken at my house on my couch and then this was the first time we recorded at Anthony's house. Um, we didn't figure out the pillow arrangement quite yet. I look pretty uncomfortable. I have a giant water. I love that I brought a giant water and a cold brew for, this episode is 38 minutes long, but I was, I was ready to go. 
Also, I don't know why I'm whispering. It sounds like I'm doing ASMR. You guessed it, starting a podcast. Also, there's a nice like echo to the audio. Like we hadn't figured out any settings or anything. I feel like we're still we're in that place right now with this new studio where it's like the lighting's kind of odd. Like I look kind of like a ghost. Um, I've become one of those people. I'm doing it, you know. I uh, didn't really want to, but everyone's doing it. I figured, why not? The reason for me starting a podcast is like, so if all of your friends jump off a bridge, would you? And I'm like, if that bridge is starting a podcast, I guess so. Why not? Um, so I'm starting this podcast. I'm just going to be talking, talking some shit, talking about my life, talking about comedy. Um, you know, I'm a young girl. I feel like... I said I'm a young girl. This is in 2019. It's crazy that when you're, how old was I? 23? 23 feels young. And then only a mere two years later at 25, I'm like, I'm an old haggard witch. I'm a little lady and you know, I'm up to some, I'm up to some stuff. So I figured I'd let you in on the whole process. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like really sick. I also forgot how many mouth noises I make when I'm talking. A lot of weird uh, phlegm issues and. As full comedians who are already like very well known who have podcasts and that's awesome. There's also a lot of like uh, really new comics that no one really knows about who have podcasts. And I'm kind of right in the middle of it, I guess. So here I am taking you on this journey with me. Uh, I don't have a name for the podcast yet. I got no sponsors. If you Wow, we have sponsors now. Is this the perfect time to get into my first uh, sponsored discussion? You guys have heard of them before. I've talked about them before. I'm wearing them right now. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Ana Luisa. A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Ana Luisa has jewelry and I love their jewelry. It's sustainable jewelry. I didn't even know that that was a thing that wasn't happening in the jewelry market. Did you know that making jewelry isn't sustainable? I didn't know that. Apparently, that whatever, but they make it sustainable. Um, they use recycled materials, direct-to-consumer jewelry. They're carbon neutral. And also, they release new um, collections every Friday. So if you go on their website, maybe you don't see something, check it on Friday. Do a little refresh. Um, I got this nice little uh, bracelet, which I was with my friends the other day, and everyone was wearing bracelets like this. So get a bracelet, match with me. It can be a little friendship bracelet. Um, all you have to do is use code ALIMAC, A-L-I-M-A-C, at checkout. You'll get 10% off your purchase. Um, go to analuisa.com slash ALIMAC. Use code ALIMAC. Use that link, whatever. You'll get 10% off. I love their jewelry. Thank you. I'm glad to have sponsors now. It took me a minute, but we made it. You're listening or watching this? Oh, my pillow fell down. That's so funny. The pillow fell, the balloon fell. I mean, have we changed at all? This is what happens, you know? You go with the flow. Um, this is... The journey.
that I'm on and I want to take you with me because it's it's an exception. I always talk about watching this podcast in like two times speed and I think I'm going to do that because honestly, if you're you have to listen to this at like a higher speed because I talk so slow. Literally, someone commented on my YouTube this morning saying, does everyone from California talk that slow? I might be one of... I'm sure not everyone, but I talk so slow because I'm like trying to figure out what I'm saying as I'm saying it. So if you're listening or watching, I'm going to speed it up here from the beginning. I'm going to come up with one of those like names, like how Lady Gaga has her monsters. Um, who else? Uh, we still never figured out a name for my audience. I don't want to, I mean, the podcast is called Resting Bitch, which first of all, wasn't a great idea because I'm pretty sure you're like censored on YouTube to an extent. So I pretty much just like shadow banned myself. Um, and also like the only name that fits would be like my bitches. And that feels rude. Oh yeah. Those, the people who came to my show. Yeah. Those are my bitches. I don't know. I kind of like it. Put a comment. What, what are we, what are we calling ourselves? It's been a hundred episodes. We need a name. Uh. <laughs> You know, Christina P. and Tom have their mommies, their jeans, and I'm going to come up with something. Not yet. Maybe you guys can give me some input, but yeah, I'm going to come up with something and we're going to take over. And if you guys are listening slash watching to this, you're already in. You're already one step ahead. Um, yeah, I, uh, I just wanted to do something to kind of let you in on what my life looks like as a young girl in Hollywood doing comedy and other shit. And we'll see how it goes. You guys might be watching the descent of me just going crazy, doing blue, going to Greek, going to Greece. Um, I feel like I haven't gone into a descent like I thought I would. Um, but we have seen me through all different I've been sick on the pod. I was thinking about it. There was an episode where, like, in the thumbnail photo, I have a tissue to my nose because I was sick. And that was right before, like, COVID. And I was thinking the other day, I was like, did I have COVID in that episode and possibly infect Anthony? Sorry. Like I said I'm young. I'm dumb. I'm not trying to be smart. This isn't for smart people. This is a podcast for dumb idiots. That still and holds true. I'm not the dumbest this is not... A smart podcast if i ever say something and you comment going that's not right of course it's not look at me i dropped out of college i don't read books unless it's a famous person's autobiography i don't know things this isn't an educated podcast it's literally called resting bitch did you think i was gonna blow your minds with information <laughs> no to love me so either keep watching Keep listening or get the fuck out. If you have a PhD, get out of here. Go save lives. This is for people who need to save themselves. Um, yeah, I've, I'm coming up on my five-year comedy anniversary, um, which is pretty cool. I started, I'm from Long Beach, California. And- I love that I'm just like giving my bio in this episode. You know, grew up with my parents, Larry and Jennifer. Larry came on the podcast. Great episode. If you haven't listened to Larry's episode, I highly recommend. Working class union people. They're good. And uh, yeah, I got into comedy five years ago. It's so crazy to think that 
like five years ago, all I wanted, it's just, you never know. Like you could have an idea of what you think is gonna happen or what you want to happen. And then you start doing it, you just keep showing up. And the stuff that happens is not what you expect. And it's just crazy, you know? Um, yeah, when I start like, okay, so here's, here's how it all went down. When I was in fifth grade, my oldest sister, Brittany, would pick me up from school. Oh my God, I'm really giving like the full play-by-play -play on my life in this episode. This is cringe core. Because everyone thought she was hot and so she would pick me up from school. There's this guy, Nathan. I'm not going to say his full name. Maybe I should. I don't know. I hope he's doing better now, but he was a real piece of shit to me. We went to school, every elementary, middle, high school. I can't remember. I wonder, I feel like I remember him hitting me up at some point, but I can't fully remember. My sister would pick me up and he'd go, Al, your sister's so hot. What happened to you? I'm hot now, bitch. Puberty hit me and it hit me hard. You dumb bitch. I feel like maybe I've gotten hotter since this episode. Maybe not. I don't know. I think I've gotten exponentially hotter. I'm not going to say I'm, you know, a model or anything. But I'm not not a model. I have gotten hotter since fifth grade. That's a fact. I've got strong eyebrows, good eyes, a big heart, fake blonde hair. I could model for, you know, like, I don't know what I could model for. Something low, something not too. Maybe like one of the, like a, I could, uh, whatever, doesn't matter. The point is, Nathan P, Nathan P, I'm hot now, okay? But my sister would pick me up from school. And, uh. Oh, there's a classic alley snort. She, when we would be in the car and driving, she would play Dan Cook's album. That was like the first comedian I like really listened to. Like, I've been re-listening to Dan Cook's album. So good. There's so many bangers and it's all on Spotify. So you, like, I'll just listen to certain bits that I love. Like the bit about the parking garages. It's so good. He's like, what is that made out of? Like, what is the floor in, in parking garages made out of? And it's so funny. And then the car accident bit, so many classics. Classic bits like BK Lounge, gotta have the coops. Gotta have the coops. Sweet and sour sauce all over my pussy. I was doing the dishes and then I heard it, you know? So many classics off that album. So I'd always listen to that on the way home from school. And then when I was a senior in high school, I started going to the Laugh Factory a bunch. Vine was popping. Vine was in its prime my senior year of high school. And I would always watch Chris D'Elia's Vines. This was uh, pre-Chris D'Elia allegations. And then I got into the 10 minute podcast. That's some OG shit right there. Him, Brian Callen, Will Sasso, 10 minute podcast. This is pre Callen allegations as well. Will Sasso, we haven't heard what he's up to, but this episode might be pre Sasso allegations. Who knows in this day and age? So funny. 10 minute podcast, so good. I haven't re-listened to it, but when it came out, did you listen to it? So good. I would use that sister, Brittany, who would pick me up from school. I used her old ID to get into the Laugh Factory and watch Crystalia. And I saw so many great comics there. Crystalia, Dom Irera, Adam Ray was performing a bunch, Dove Davidoff, Bonnie McFarlane. Just so many, so many funny comics. And Dane Cook would always perform there. And it was crazy because I remembered him from my childhood. And I'm like, 
whoa, like, I was like, I just want to do what these guys are doing. I want to be able to go on that stage. And I was so naive. I thought, I don't know. I thought that comedians just got lucky. I thought they were at like a cool Hollywood party. They were in like a group telling a funny story. And one of the dudes in the group or chicks in the group was like, dude, you should just do my show at the Laugh Factory. Just talk. I had no idea that they were writing and working and like preparing this stuff to tell on stage. And one night I was there, it was new material night. And I go and I watch all these people who I've seen perform take out a notebook and they were reading these jokes. And I was like, they're not just coming up with this stuff off the dome. That means that if I write and I work on this, then I could perform. I was going so often, at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, you know, I was sad. I was a sad girl in high school. You know, I didn't really hang out much. I was just going to the Laugh Factory. I had no idea about all these other great clubs. That's true. I would go to the Laugh Factory all the time alone in high school. And there's a lot of people who are like afraid to do things alone. And like, if the thing that's holding you back from going to a comedy show is that you don't have someone to go with, who cares? Just go. It's so fun. And then you don't have to worry. Like, it sucks when you're with someone at a comedy show and they're not laughing at what you're laughing at. And then you're like, you have to like stop laughing because you're like, oh, I guess this isn't funny to them. Go alone. I just, you know, I wanted to see these shows. And so one night I'm there, Dan Cook is performing. You know, he was there a bunch. And I got the courage to ask him after the show. I went up to him. And I was like, Dane, I'm 17. I want to do comedy. I don't know what to talk about. You know, I'm only 17. I'm not even supposed to be here right now. How do I start? Um, yeah, a lot of people ask for advice on, like, what to do if you want to start stand-up. And I think for me, I would always ask people, like how to do it or like what to do. And there's really no advice that anyone can give you. And I like, I think I just asked people because I was too nervous to do it. So I just wanted like approval and validation without like doing the work. And the only advice that people gave me was like, just do it. And then the other piece of advice someone gave me that was really helpful was like, don't post any of your stand up in the first year because the first year you're going to think that you're funny and you're not that funny and you're going to get so much funnier if you keep doing it. So don't post anything because you don't want the first thing people see is your first year act. Like you want people to see your stand up when it's ready to be seen. So take your time. Like it's not it's not a race. You know, it's a what do people say? It's not a marathon. It's a marathon. Uh, whatever. Go home tonight. Write three to five minutes of whatever you think is funny. Come back here, they have an open mic on Tuesday. And I was like so inspired, I get home, I start writing dumb jokes, really dumb jokes, but I thought it was pretty funny. I had jokes about, you know, my fat dad, not killing spiders for me. Just like, you know, just some basic ass shit. I go to the open mic on Tuesday. I was too late, I go to the open mic next Tuesday, I get in line, I sign up. You have to go the next week to perform. I show up the next week, I get on stage, I do three minutes. And it was all right. I still have the video of it. Maybe someday I'll post it. I was shaking. I was so nervous. I'm going to post it on Patreon. I think. Maybe I'll post my first set on Patreon. It's so painful. I literally, like, cropped it and edited it. I just, like, cropped it out in the middle because I was shaking so bad. And I was like, ah. It's so shaking. Severely. And, um, but I did it. And I was so filled with like adrenaline and fear and excitement and joy. And then I go off to college for like, you know, a brief stint. I was pretty much just in college to like party. I dropped out 
and um, I think like a year after that, I started. Also, I was re-looking over my first jokes, and most of them were bad, but I think there was one good one. I had a joke because I think at the time the Oscars were happening, and 12 Years a Slave had just came out, and it was like winning, was that what it was? It was like winning all of the, like, awards, and I had a joke like, oh, um, 12 Years a Slave just won the Oscar for whatever. Um, it's a movie about Woody Harrelson's daughter or something like that, right? Woody, Woody or pff, Woody Allen's daughter. What did I say? Woody Harrelson? Yeah. Jesus, never. There's no Woody Harrelson slander on this podcast. Yeah, I said 12 Years a Slave, the movie about Woody Allen's daughter. It's a pretty good joke for a 17-year-old. Pretty smart. I went to, I went to this, um, I was in Hollywood. I drove up from Long Beach. I went to this like drop-in improv class because I was like, I want to get over the stage, right? I need to just get comfortable being, just performing. So I take this little improv class. This is a year after my first open mic. I haven't done comedy since. I go to this improv class. I leave early. I go to a coffee shop down the street and they're having an open mic for stand-up. And I was like, this is a sign. And so I sign up. I do my, my same set from a year ago. You know, I pull up my notes on my phone. I, I perform. And I start talking to the other comics and they tell me about this website, the Comedy Bureau that has all of the open mics in LA. And from that moment on, I was going to five open mics a night, five. I would just jam from one to the other. I also didn't have much going on. You know, I'm like 18, right on the verge of 19. I don't want to, I'm living at home with my- Yeah, I think that's the other piece of advice is like, try to just do as much as you can, like, especially in the beginning, because there's going to get a if you do as much as you can, there's going to be a time where you don't have time to do as many open mics as you want to. You know, I think I was at either my dad's place at that point, or maybe I was with my mom then. I'm just going to open mics because I'm trying to get out of the house. I'm trying to just do the thing. I'm writing new material and just getting better. And, uh, and then what's really cool is that like three weeks ago, I did a show at the Laugh Factory. It's like a sold out show. And I perform with Chris D'Elia. And it was like, you know, a full circle moment. And there were so many before, and this happens a lot. There's a lot of people, like I get messages from people who are like, I want to do, I want to do stand up. Do you have any advice? And I used to do that before I started, <laughs> I would tweet, I would send direct messages on Twitter to these comics that I really thought were super funny. Like uh, Nick Thune, Jake Wiseman, uh, Eric Griffin. And, you know, the advice that everyone had was just do it, just do it. Just go to an open mic, find an open mic near wherever you are and just start doing it. And it's really the only advice because I think I think the first time you do an open mic, you know, from that point, whether you want to keep doing it or not, what it you know feels like to you. And you have to just try it out and you might perform and realize, oh, OK, that was fun. But, you know, take it or leave it. Like for me, when I did it, I was like, oh, this. Yeah, of course. Duh. This is what I have to do. There's nothing else that I'm doing except for this. And so that's why I would go to all these open mics. And like, the, the thing is, you can't, you can't prepare for what to do next. You just have to keep doing it and then stuff will happen. And like, there were so many people who um, I started with who, you know, don't do it anymore because it's hard. It's not easy. It's not easy, you know, but it's so fun. It's I so mean, fun it is, it. it's kind of easy, but it is a lot of work. And you know, there's, I'm still friends with the people who don't do it anymore. And it's like, they, they... Yeah, my friend Clay, we just saw him. He doesn't do stand-up anymore, but he started his own restaurant. And he's such a great chef. So good. He has this restaurant in downtown 
called Il Fiore. It's like attached to a hotel. Oh my God, it was amazing. He's so funny, but like he started posting all these food pictures and I was like, how is this crazy hilarious? He was like, just in, he had like this giant beard. He just was like so unhinged in a great way. And then he started posting all these food pictures and it was like plated beautifully. And I'm like, oh, that's like, he's a funny guy, but like that was his calling, you know? They do their job, you know, and they're like, they're doing well. You don't have to stick with it. You can just do it. And if you don't want to do it anymore, you don't have to. But if you really want to do it, you just have to keep showing up and doing it. And don't expect anything out of it. There's people who are like, should I move to LA and start comedy? Just do it wherever you're at and see what happens. Now people are like, should I move to Austin and start comedy? Do it wherever you're at. There's no need to move until you're ready. Because, like, with the Austin thing, there's a lot of people moving, and it's like, that's great. Like, who cares, really? Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, you can go to Austin, but I think it's the same thing as the, like, don't post your stand-up in the first year. It's like, you want to move to a bigger city when you feel like you're ready for that. Like, I'm kind of a weird case because... I am from Long Beach, so, like, L.A. just made sense for me. But, like, it's hard doing stand-up in a major city where everyone's so funny. Like, it's hard to be seen and have people, like, take you seriously, especially if they're watching you when you first start and you're bad at it, you know? That's kind of how people are going to remember. But not always. I don't know. Don't listen to me, but also listen to me a little bit. Start. Just take some baby steps. Because it's like you can't expect to know where it's going to go after that. Oh. Look at this monetization, baby. Monetization is in effect. And speaking of monetization, um, I have another ad today, which... I mean, I'm excited about all of my ads because I like, you know, I approve of what ads I'm going to do and I make sure that they're ads that I want to talk about and not just like whatever ads, you know what I mean? Um, this other... Hold on, let me pull it up. I want to make sure I get it right. So the ad, the other ad I'm doing is for Freshly. Um, Freshly is like a food meal delivery service. And honestly, I'm skeptical. Like if I hadn't had them offer like an ad to me, I don't think I would have tried it because I'm like, whatever, I can go to Taco Bell, like easy enough. Um, and also like when you're getting food delivered, you don't know what like how it's going to be when you make it. And you're like, is this worth my money to like reheat a meal that's packaged? Like, do I really want like a lean cuisine, you know? But Freshly is so good. It honestly exceeded my expectations. Um, and uh, so I, I, I got like six packages, I think. I think I might've gotten more. No, I think there's like, no, I think there's more. Um, but they have all these different meals. They're healthy, but they don't taste like gross, healthy, like diety meals. They're really yummy. There's like, I ate this like chicken parm one. There was one with like spinach on top of the chicken. They have a bunch of different options. Like if you don't eat meat, they have options for that. And they're easily microwavable. My boyfriend, I was making them at his house. He doesn't have a microwave and you can pop it in the oven at 350 for 20 minutes. Um... It was so good, and they're doing this deal right now. So um, right now, Freshly is offering our listeners, 
our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to freshly.com slash Allie Mac. F-R-E-S-H-L-Y dot com slash A-L-I-M-A-C for $40 off your first two orders. Stop stressing about dinner. Freshly has you covered. They're really good. The ordering is easy. They have a lot of different options. They're chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. They also come with giant ice packs so if you're going on a camping trip order some freshly use those ice packs for another time um they were great and the meals are the meals are six six sixteen six dollars sixteen cents per meal so they're not like it's not crazy expensive you can also use the alley mac code and get forty dollars off um but truly they're so good i really like what were the other ones that we had that were so good i like the chicken parm there was also like the bolognese was really good. And they're perfect for like, like the meals are perfect for one person. So I'll normally just like put two meals into one thing in the oven. It's so good. And there was one, um, what was that one that was like kind of spicy a little bit? The sausage thing. Yeah, it was like a sausage thing. Oh, it was so, go to freshly.com. I swear it really is a game changer. And like, you can just keep it in your freezer. Like if you're not ready to eat it, but put it in the fridge, heat it up. It's so convenient. And it's honestly really good. I was very skeptical of these like meal delivery things. I really like Freshly. That's all I have to say about that. Thank you, Freshly.com slash Allie Mac. Like I could never see like five years ago, I'm just picturing myself at these open mics being like, I just want to do this show. And it's like, you know, there's a, you, you do a lot of shitty shows the first couple of years. You're doing shitty shows and you want to perform so badly. You're like, I want to do the shitty show so bad. If only this person saw me. And it's like, just do whatever's in front of you. You can't force, you can't force it. Cause you're not, it's, it has to happen naturally, you know? So I started doing it and I'm doing these shitty shows. I'm doing a lot of open mics and it's crazy to think of like where I'm at now. It's exciting because like, you know, you just show up in it, you know, it happens when it happens. You can't, there's people who get so bitter or like, you know, they, they want it all right now. And it's, a, it's patience. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, so then I started doing comedy, you know, and I would go to the comedy store. I found out about the comedy store and that's when shit got so fun. The comedy store is the best. It's such a fun hang. There's so many great comedians who perform there. It's so much fun. And I would go there when I was like 18 or 19. And uh, I'd sign up for the open mic. They used to have like three different open mics there. Now it's just one on Mondays. And I would go to all the open mics. I would hang out there all the time. And I would sign up for Kill Tony. And then I got, I became a regular on the Kill Tony podcast. And I would have to write and come up with a brand new minute every week. Every week, a brand new minute of material in front of like, the first time I did it as a regular is Doug Benson and Sarah Silverman. Yeah, that was insane. And then, you know, just so many great guests on that show. So much fun. It's scary. That's like, that was like a crazy time. I did it for like two years. But when I started doing it, I think I was, I had just turned like 20 or something. Or I was like, when I became a regular, I was like 20. And they found out that uh, I was underage. And so they kicked me out. So I would just like hang out on the sidewalk. I was lingering. I was loitering. And then I would just hang out there. Because I, I love the place so much. I was like, I just want to be around it. And then on my birthday, on my 21st birthday, I was there. And at midnight, I came in, did Kill Tony again, and did it for two years. And yeah, just cool shit. Cool fucking shit. Russell Peters took me on like, just like after one set, he was like, do you want to come do a show with me in Ontario? I'll give you yeah, Russell Peters is so nice. 
and I did not do well, but I learned a lot. I had a lot of fun. He's the best. He's the nicest dude. There's so many like just cool people in comedy who are so nice and want to like help you out. When they see that you're like doing it and you're fired up about it, they want to be able to like because they remember. Yeah, I heard this quote and I thought it was so great. I think it was in like Matthew McConaughey's book, but it's like, it's so true. It's like, I was doing, I was trying so hard and I was working really hard and, you know, I was doing all this stuff and I don't know what the quote is, but it's something to the effect of like, people want to help you when they see that you're doing the thing. So it's like, if I'm pushing this giant rock up a hill and I ask for help, Someone will most likely help me, but if I'm looking at the rock, sitting on the floor saying, can you help me push this rock up the hill? Everyone's going to be like, well, you're not even trying. And I think that's like a lot of what comedy is. It's like if you're trying to push the rock and you're doing it, like people are going to come by and see you pushing and sweating and they're going to want you to get that rock up the hill. They were like young and new and fired up. And and then and then I stopped doing Kill Tony and people are like, oh, no, what happened? This is my ASMR portion of the podcast. And it was like, it was such a great experience, but I felt like, it was like, no one wants to hear me anymore. That's how I felt. I'm like, you know, I've had a good run. I've had a blast. I've done as much as I could do for this. It's time for someone else to kind of take over. And then Malcolm Hatchett got it. And that was like super fun. Shout out to Malcolm. It was like, just so funny. It was like, you know, the best. And like, Tony was so supportive of me. And and now it's William. And, and David that, and Michael. Fucking Tony hits me up and he's like, hey, I just gave Joe your phone number. I'm like, what? He's like, Joe Rogan is asking for your phone number. <laughs> okay. And I get a text from an unknown number. Hey, Ali, it's Joe. I want to see if you're available to do um, some guest spots with, with me this weekend at the Ice House. Yeah, I think I'm going to, I think I'm free. So I did guest spots with him. I was so nervous. I was so excited. I ran the light and I thought it was like all over for me. I was supposed to do 10 minute sets and I went over by like 15 minutes. And he was cool about it. Um, but he was like, yeah, just be more professional. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I thought it was all and, over. You know, it's all just like learning. All this is, is just like learning as you go. And there's some moments where I'm like, fuck, I feel like I'm not getting better. Or like, I feel like I'm like stuck in this place where I'm just like, you know, kind of on like autopilot or whatever. But because I keep doing it, you know, as regularly and frequently as possible, you get better. And I was talking to someone at the comedy store a long time ago and I was like, just telling, telling him, I'm like, yeah, I just feel like I'm in a rut. I feel like I'm not getting funnier. I just feel like stuck. And he was like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was supposed to do 10 minutes at these shows and I ended up doing like 15 minutes or 17 minutes. Someone, name anyone who's, who works on something every day and doesn't get better. And it's true. I am getting better. And like, when I look back to that first set I did at the Laugh Factory, it's like, I've gotten exponentially better. When I look back to a set I did a year ago, it's like, I've gotten better. Whether it's just like joke writing, performance, you know, there's so many different things. And now that I'm hosting shows locally with Joe, I get to learn in a totally different way because hosting is like, this totally weird. I just sped it up but even I'm, more. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm doing my first gig opening for Joe Rogan outside of LA because I've just been doing like local shows with him. I'm, I'm going to Vegas. I'm doing the Mirage. Yes. I'm going to the Mirage with him. That's it's so fun. We're performing. And now I'm going back to the Mirage, July, I think, 2nd and 3rd with Tom Segura. I'm going to get a hooker. I'm going to get blow. I'm going to get a gun. I'm not going to shoot anyone or myself, but I think when you're in Vegas, you just need a gun. There ended up being a huge earthquake the day of the show. I don't know. 
And I was in my hotel room and I was like, the whole thing was shaking. I was like, I'm gonna die before I get to do the coolest thing in my life. I'm gonna get some cowboy boots. And I'm gonna take a lot of pictures. I'm gonna pee in the lazy river. I'm always peeing in pools. My stomach's bubbling. I'm drinking so much coffee, I feel it in my asshole. That's when you know. That's when you know the coffee's hitting, is when you feel it brewing in your asshole. I drink so much coffee that when I, I feel it brewing in my asshole right now. It smells like a fresh pot. That's not good. It's not healthy. I get geeked up off coffee. I want to be shaken. I want to have tremors throughout the day. With my coffee intake. I drink coffee like it's water. I hardly drink water. I'm so dehydrated all the time. I've been trying to drink water more. I drank too much water the other day. And I got the, the dia. Yeah. No one tells you about that. Everyone says, water's so good for you. You have to drink a lot of water. And then I did. I got the dia. Short for diarrhea. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit cold. I feel fine now, but I was pretty sick. So that's why I was drinking a lot of water. Um, oh yeah, Las Vegas is going to be lit. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be the biggest audience I've performed in front of. I don't know how many, but it's gonna be like thousands. I feel like, I don't want to jinx myself, but I feel like in that situation, it's like kind of impossible to bomb. If you're decent at comedy, you have thousands of people. <laughs> I love how fun. confident I was. You're gonna do well. It's gonna be such a good fun. It's gonna be the biggest show of my life and there's no way I'm bombing. I love her so much. I love her so much, oh my God. That movie Shallow just like changed my life. Yeah, a star is born. And then I'm super excited because I'm going to Sacramento later this month, July 18th, 19th and 20th. I'm doing the punchline in Sacramento with Mr. Andrew Santino. I like to call him, uh, I don't really call him anything except for his name. I call him Papa. Santino. He's so funny. But yeah, he's taking me. It's my, it's my I call everyone Papa. Outside of, like, the greater LA. Like, I'm flying out to do a weekend. It's super exciting. Man, it's so That funny. is so exciting. You know what I love? I love flying. I'm just so excited to fly. I love going to the airport. Some people hate the airport. I love it. I'm like, look at us. We're all going somewhere. Maybe they're flying out to, you know, Phoenix for a funeral. It's still exciting, you know, RIP, but you get to travel. That's so crazy that we get to do that. I love flying. I do the, I do like, um, I just love people watching. I'm always hoping that I get to sit next to some hottie on the flight. It's always like an older woman who's knitting with a sandwich. They always have a sandwich. Yeah. <clears throat> I love flying. I'm going to New York in August. That's a fun flight, a New York flight. I never really get scared on flights. One time me and my sisters were going to Texas. We were visiting our gunkles. I hope that you guys can hear my stomach make noises while you're listening to this to really feel like you're a part of it. But me and my sisters were visiting my gunkles, which is my gay uncles. And um, there was a terrorist on our flight. Not making it up. There was a terrorist on our flight. There was. But we get on the flight. And my sisters are, they're, they're basic. You know, we got basic sisters. You know, live, laugh, love type of people. They're those people. God bless them. I love them. But they get worried. They get freaked out. And then I get freaked out. I feel like I have to be a part of whatever they're a part of. They're getting ramped up. They're all nervous about the flight. I'm chilling. But then we get on the flight. And I'm like, you guys need to relax. We're going to be fine. We're going to Texas. This story's crazy, but now, like, like it's true. There, something very suspicious was going on, but I feel like it's not, uh, it's not woke or chill to say that there was legitimately a terrorist on the flight. But I swear, this was the most concerning. Like, I'm not, I'm not super judgmental in that way, but the, I mean, I think I tell the story in this, but it was crazy. On the flight, there's a man sitting with a Bible. And he's crossing everything out in red pen, underlining, circling, crossing out everything. That's suspicious. That's not normal behavior. If you're going to do that, do it at home. Red pen. Every single word was like being crossed out or circled or drawn through. And they have to act cool. You know, they can't lose their shit or else everyone loses their shit. And they're like, okay, we're going to be fine. Then I think that they caught on too because they were like, uh, we're experiencing turbulence. You guys are going to need to sit in your seats for the duration of the flight. And so they put the seatbelt sign on. There's no turbulence. But they don't want this guy moving around. He gets up to go to the bathroom. My sister follows him. 
she cuts the line after he uses it and she goes in there and she checks the trash cans because she was scared that he like put a bomb there or something she's crazy we made it fine no one's trying to no one's, no one's terrorizing a flight from la to texas maybe dc maybe another new york no one's texas no one's concerned about texas now everyone's concerned about no, texas I to come to the rogan show Oh yeah, but the thing with the with me thinking there was a well, it wasn't me who thought there was a terrorist. I did think that that was weird that someone was crossing out everything in a Bible during the flight. But it was crazy because I think like a day, the same day or the day after, there was literally like um, there was some threat about like a navy base. Like there was like a threat that had happened to the navy base in Texas or some sort of like army base in Texas. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just wanted to give you a little taste, a little glimpse into my life. This is the first episode. How much time? 30. Just a quick. This is the foreplay episode. This is when I spit on my hand and I just gently caress the podcast. And I whisper in your ear and I said, everything's going to be okay. Come with me. That was pretty hot. I'm not going to lie. I was like, ooh. Maybe it's the cold brew. Cold brew is just hitting, hitting different. Yeah. I just, I want to do this. I mean, I don't really want to do this. If I'm being completely honest, no part of me wants to do this. But you have to. Comedy. What a great way to sell a podcast. I thought, oh, I'll just do stand up and it'll all be, it'll all be fine and fun and merry. And then as soon as shit starts going well, maybe you get a manager or something. The first thing they ask you, what else do you want to do? What else do I want to do? Um, yeah, nothing. I was kind of hoping that just stand up would be fine. Your stand up manager, it's not enough anymore. They want you to sell your soul in every way possible. It's weird because now with like social media podcasts, all these different platforms, everyone wants a little piece of you, which is fine. I don't mind. I'm an open book. So now I'm doing this. I feel like I already post so much on my Instagram story. That's like a pod. I thought my Instagram story was a podcast, you know, now I'm doing this. Soon I'll be selling my underwear online. I've thought about that. Maybe I'll do that as merch. It'll be expensive. I'm not taking that on the road with me. That'll be like some dark web back, back page shit. But I'd consider it for a high enough price. I'd sell some, some undies. Yeah, I would do it. Would I? I don't know. I thought about it before. Like when I first started comedy, I was like, how can I make money to, you know, just afford to live? And I thought about doing it, but that would be so many trips to Target. And the parking at Target is just a nightmare. They don't have a good underwear selection anyways. And you can only make a lot of money if you post pictures. Like if you send pictures of you wearing underwear and that's like a different level of commitment that I don't have. I couldn't make a lot of money selling my underwear. All my underwear are destroyed. I don't know. Underwear fall apart so easily. But, yeah. Maybe I'll do a Patreon. And whoever I did do a Patreon. Undie I sold a used t-shirt. Shout out to Tyler in Washington for buying it. What was I saying before that? Oh yeah, everyone wants you to do something else. I had a commercial, I do, I do commercial auditions, which are such a nightmare. I just did a commercial. I can't talk about it, but I just did a commercial. The director was like a director that I really like. So that was cool. These people who just want to get a commercial and it's just so sad. You're being so vulnerable. And everyone's like wearing their outfit that they think expresses them. And it's like, it's like Starbucks baristas. I'm such a hater. And the hat choice they wear. Because you, you have to wear a hat as part of like, you know, the health code. But no one's wearing the basic. No one out in LA wants to just fit in. No one's wearing the Starbucks logo baseball hat. Everyone's wearing a fedora with a feather in it. I want Johnny Depp making my latte. There's, there's this one guy who wears a top hat, Abraham Lincoln style. It's too much. Everyone's got to have their thing out here, you know. But I do commercial auditions. Trying to make that that dough, that cheddar. I've only done two commercials. The first one was pretty tight. It was for um, national parks. Heard of them? The second one I did most recently. I got canceled on the national parks commercial. Pretty much was just a glorified extra. Two people. 
who were extras on the shoot were like, you do comedy, right? I was like, obviously not in this moment. You have to do other stuff. You can't just do comedy. But it's tight, you know? I figure... The National Parks commercial was an Instagram commercial and they had to turn the comments off on the Instagram because I said in the commercial, it was like reasons why you need to get out of the city and go to a park. And so they were letting me just like riff and I was talking about getting kicked out of a restaurant for having my dogs. And I was like, it's my emotional support dog's dog. My dog also has really bad anxiety. And everyone's like, this isn't something to joke about. Then, uh, that I can do. I can't burp on command. I wish I could. <laughs> stuff come up on that that was like cold brew foam that was like a rabid burp that was so foamy you know you have burps and you think it's just gonna be a normal burp and it's way more than you expected that was a mouthful of foam that was disgusting it's nice that you get a second chance to have another sip you know i'm kind of gross it's fine sell my underwear sell my soul there's no ads that's what's exciting about doing the first episode of a podcast no ads no me undies plugs no mac weldon no you know for hymns yeah. Now we gotta add shout out Anna Luisa. Shout out Freshly. This is just me spitballing. So welcome to the first episode of the Ali Mikofsky podcast. That's not the official name, but it is for now. Um, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm gonna, I have a website. It's just my name, www.alimikofsky.com. I have an Instagram. I post constantly on there. Um, and yeah, I don't know. This is, uh, we're gonna see what happens and you're gonna be a part of it. So strap in, strap on. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Good job, Allie. You did it. Wow. What a journey. Can I just shut this? Okay, I'll keep it up. Um, yeah, we've come a long way. We've done a lot more cool stuff. We're still going to do more cool stuff. Um, subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allie let me know if I should post my first set on there. It's so bad, but I guess it's fun now to look back on. But yeah, it was rough. Um, thanks for being a part of, uh, of the podcast and making it grow and making it special. It's so fun to be able to do shows and have people say that they listen to the podcast. Obviously, when I started this, I never thought anything. I didn't even want to start it. And I love doing the podcast. It's a fun outlet. Sometimes it's exhausting, but that's like any job. But I'm glad I do it. I'm glad that you guys get to know me um, off stage and in this way. And to the people on Patreon, I'm so glad I have you. I love doing the Zoom calls every month. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Stay tuned. New episodes every Wednesday. Subscribe, rate, review, blah, 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 blah. And I'll see you later.